A very warm welcome to the latest episode of My Middle East, Embrace the Middle East's very own podcast series. I'm Tim Livesey, CEO of Embrace the Middle East, the UK development charity, and I'm hosting this series. Through conversations with people who really know and understand the Middle East, we want to get behind the headlines to explore the real challenges and the everyday realities of life in this complex, beautiful, and sometimes troubled part of the world. This morning, I'm delighted to be talking to Suheila Tarazi, who is the director of the Alahi Hospital in Gaza City. Suheila, welcome, and thank you so much for joining uh, the My Middle East podcast. Oh, thank you very much. Suheila, I'm going to start, if I may, by asking you a little bit about your childhood. So you, you, you were born and grew up in Gaza? Yes, I am uh, an Arab Christian who was born in Gaza from a middle-class family. I had my education till the high school in Gaza and had the chance to go and to complete my university studies in Egypt. What was Gaza like in those days? How is it different from today? Actually, um, at that time, it was a small city. It wasn't crowded with too much population. And our brother Muslims, we were all together celebrating all feasts together, uh, whether it is a Christian feast or Muslim feast. It was a very quiet, uh, you know, city. And um, I admire those days. Uh, the situation nowadays, it's completely different. And, and, and in those days, I presume there was no such thing as the Gaza Strip. Could you travel freely across what was now the state of Israel? Actually, at that time, uh, Gaza was uh, uh, also segregated from Israel and West Bank. The only crossing was at that time Rafah. And uh, uh, the only way was Rafah, but uh, Rafah was open 24 hours and people, they uh, could go and come anytime they want through Egypt. So at that time, the relationship between the Gazan people and Gaza itself was primarily with Egypt, which is what presumably partly why you went to study there. Can you tell us a little bit about, did you go to Cairo? Actually, I had the chance to have my edu education in Asyut University in Upper Egypt. Ah, yes. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, and uh, we were at that time treated as if uh, we are Egyptians, even they didn't charge us with any fees for the university uh, to cover the cost of the university. Uh, at my time, uh, there were little uh, female, uh, you know, allowed by their families uh, to go and have higher uh, education. Fortunately, I came uh, from a family where they believe in uh, education and uh, giving the chance of female like male to have higher education. Yeah, you come from a very famous family, uh, Suheila, the Tarazi. So that's no surprise. And um, are we are we now are we in the 1960s or are we in the 1970s when you were in Egypt? Uh, it was 1970s. Yeah, and um, 
did it make a difference that you came from a Christian family? When you say that uh, that generally speaking, young women would not have been going to university, where was that? Was it more likely that you would go to university if you were Christian than if you were Muslim, or did it not make any difference? I don't think uh, there is a difference uh, uh, between Muslims or Christians in. Uh, in this matter, it depends upon the belief of uh, the caregiver of the person. Um, during my time, also a colleague of mine, they were Muslims and they joined the universities. Uh, if we are talking about the number, the number was uh, very, uh, very limited and, or very few, 10 female out of hundreds to go to have higher education in another country at that time. What did you study, Suhaila, in Egypt? I studied uh, business administration and specialized in finance. The major oh. of my study was finance. I mean, Asyut is, it's a calm place. I imagine it was calm at that time. D do you retain an affection for Egypt? It's a very special country. For me, yes, the opportunity they have given us, uh, you know, in education, um, really, um, we very much value all the efforts to helping us to have higher education there. And as youth at that time, uh, it was like Gaza. Um, the society there uh, was very conservative. And uh, I didn't feel that I was a stranger uh, uh, there. No, uh, people are very loving people uh, and very hospitable uh, people, especially for strangers. Uh, even in the university by itself, um, the professors, um, they were giving um, uh, a very uh, helpful hands to all uh, internationals or foreigners there. Um, being in Egypt, you know, uh, it's really something I adore very much. Yeah, yeah, I, I that really resonates with me because I, I've, I've been lucky enough to go to Egypt a number of times. And as you say, the, they are very beautiful people and extremely hospitable. Mind you, the same is true of Gazan. So. And you, 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 your family is a is an Orthodox Greek Orthodox family. Yes, I am coming from an Orthodox family, and uh, the Terezi originally are Gazans. Even if we are scattered all over the world, but originally we are coming from Gaza. Now, at some point, you then went on to do a, a second degree, a master's degree, and I I understand it may have been. Not so far from where I'm sitting. Can you tell us a little bit about that? <laughs> yes, I, you know, I joined early at a hospital uh, for work, and there uh, was um, a scholarship uh, offered by Christian Aid. Ah. Uh, they wanted to build the capacity of pe of people uh, working uh, at hospitals, and fortunately, I was the one. Uh, who was selected and had the chance to have my higher studies in Leeds University. And because of that, now I am holding uh, this position as a director of Ahli Arab Hospital. 
what was the masters that you did at Leeds? And and tell us a little bit about a Leeds, Suhaila, because you've told us a little bit about Asut. How did you find Leeds? I'm sure you loved the weather. Actually, <laughs> to tell you the truth, uh, when the first time I joined the school there, the university there, I can't deny that there was a cultural shock. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm coming from a very conservative society to go into to very open society. But nevertheless, uh, you know, uh, Christian aid, they were very good to us. And, uh, you know, they embrace us with all support uh, we need at that time. You know, after three months of staying in Leeds University, you know, I overcome uh, the cultural shock that I had at that time, and I become, you know, a part of uh, the students uh, in Leeds. But other challenge, the weather. I am not uh, old, uh, pers- uh, a cold weather person. It was really uh, very hard on me, <laughs> especially during December, January, February. Uh, other than that, it was really a very uh, nice time. And I, I adore each minute I have spent there because, you know, not only um, they, uh, they are helping in building my capacity, also uh, they have uh, given me special empowerment. Um, uh, and uh, in, for example, in communications, in how to build relationship with others and so on. Yeah, I think, Suhelia, I'm going to take this opportunity, if I may, just to give, as we say, a shout out to Christian Aid and to others, you know, British Council and all those organizations, sadly, you know, often it's more difficult now, but who help, who, who give people the opportunity to develop themselves at, you know, master's level or whatever level, because, I mean, you're an example, you've gone back and, and you, you know, you're doing amazing things, which we're going to come on to. So well done, Christian Aid. What did you study, Suheli? What was your master's in? It was uh, in health planning and administration, and uh, my thesis was about how to develop um, a non-governmental hospital uh, um, in Gaza. Yeah. So it was, you know, you were you. Could, it was directly relevant. I mean, it, it's been. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I'm just going to point out to the listeners, by the way, um, Suhaila, that we can hear a lot of uh, noise in the background, which is great because it gives people a sense of what God, let's switch. What is, you know, Gaza is, it's a busy place, right? And it's a noisy place. Can you just give us a feeling if you walked out the door of the hospital now, what would, what would, what would you see and what would you hear? I don't know. We are in the middle uh, of Gaza town and horn everywhere. <laughs> people coming and going everywhere and uh, you know it is a very busy town uh, if you are thinking of two million and one hundred thousand people living in only 365 square kilometer what do you expect yeah it's uh, uh, one of the most uh, high density populated area in Gaza but, you know, when I hear this horn here and there, I said, oh, there is a life in Gaza. I think actually the Gaza Strip 
uh, as a whole is one of the most densely popular. I mean, it's right up there amongst the, a handful of the most densely populated places on earth, for example, like Hong Kong. It's uh, just to give the listener an idea of, of just how crowded it is. But as you say, it's also incredibly vibrant. Now, Suhaila, you've been director of the Al-Akhli Hospital, I think, for, is it 35 years? Yes, around this time, yes. It's incredible. In that time, many people have left Gaza. You've chosen to stay. I know that you have family in the States. So, Hela, what is, what is it that keeps you going? You know, I consider myself, I am in a mission. If everybody uh, will leave uh, the place, then what we do expect as a Christian, I believe that um, God has selected me to do this job and uh, my people in Gaza uh, are in need of the services. And uh, since I am in a mission, I have to do my job. I have to help those who are in need as much as I can. Even sometimes people telling me why you are still here and uh, all your family in the States. I said, uh, the time will come. But since I have the energy and I can serve, why not to continue serving those who are me? This is part of my faith, to love my neighbors and to love one another and to preach for uh, reconciliation and tolerance about others, between others. This is, you know, what keeps me going. I'm sure, Suhaila, that uh, people listening to this, quite rightly, myself included, by the way, will feel very humbled by, uh, by what they're hearing. And I can testify to the, to the truth of all that you say. And, and can you give us a sense, Suhaila, of what the, the Al-Akhli Hospital has been, it has been able to achieve over the years and indeed what it's able to achieve now? What, what kind of services are you able to offer? Uh, you know, Ahli Arab Hospital is the oldest hospital in the Gaza Strip. Ahli Arab Hospital is established 1882 by CMS England. The mission of CMS uh, ended in 1952, where the, Bap the Southern Baptist Church came and took over. Uh, 1982, um, the Baptist left the area and the property uh, has returned uh, to, the, to the owner, which is presented by the Episcopal Diocese of Jerusalem and the Middle East. Um, since then, we are um, under uh, the supervision of His Grace, uh, the Archbishop. Um, today, he is Hussam Naum. And uh, through our mission, uh, we can reach those who are uh, unable to access quality of health care. Uh, the mission of Ahli built on love, and we provide the services, medical services without any discrimination of religion, social class, or political affiliation. We provide uh, services in the outpatients and as well as inpatients in the field of general surgery, general medicine, gynecology, obstetrics, pediatrics, 
um, urology, orthopedics, and ENT services. Uh, Ahli runs uh, an emergency department 24 hours. Uh, in addition to the diagnostic services and rehabilitation services. We are serving every year around uh, 36,000 of patients. Um, you know, the situation in Gaza is not uh, that right. In, you know, people in here, they are suffering from uh, unemployment, uh, and 60% uh, of the population are uh, poor, where 80% uh, of the population are dependent upon uh, food aid. It is therefore we have expanded our services to go to the community. And I considered Ali Arab Hospital is a hospital without orders. Um, through um, uh, our community programs, uh, we can reach those who are unable to access healthcare. And there are so many um, pioneer projects run by Ali Arab Hospital and uh, uh, our partners, because alone we cannot reach those who are in need. Um, you know, we run three medical mission days and um, twice a week and this program is completely funded by embrace the middle east and we are really grateful uh, for embrace the middle east through their um, assistance many hundreds of patients are able to have um, uh, uh, good health care uh, in addition, we run a program for early detection of breast cancer among women, since breast cancer is the uh, number one cause of death among women with cancer. We are running an underweight clinic for children um, uh, less than five years of age. In addition, a psychosocial program for uh, those traumatized children. Ahli Arab Hospital is working for people and with people uh, in an aim we need to make changes in the life of those who have, uh, uh, who are poor and who are uh, vulnerable and uh, really in bad need of help. Hamid Suheila, thank you for explaining all of that. I mean, listening to you, uh, one could be forgiven for thinking that you were running a hospital in San Francisco. Um, I, I mean, you know, how many hours electricity are guaranteed each day to, to, to not just to the hospital, but to anybody living in Gaza? Can you give us a sense of that? Can you give us a sense of, for example, you know, when you when you're trying to buy a piece of equipment or drugs, how easy is it to get hold of these drugs? Actually, our road is not full of roses, as, as you have mentioned. We are not in San Francisco, we are in Gaza, where there are restrictions of movements uh, to people and to the goods. And uh, there is big shortage of uh, electricity. We have electricity only uh, for about 10 hours a day and sometimes less. Uh, there is big shortages in medicine, there is big shortages in medical supplies, 
if I talk about equipment, according to WHO, 50% of the equipment in the government hospital are uh, old and broken. And, uh, uh, you know, uh, for Ahli to get uh, a piece of equipment is really a challenge. It takes us, for example, a couple of months to be able to get this machine into Gaza plus to secure enough to, uh, to buy this machine. It's not an easy life at all uh, in here. Okay, even if I will talk about, uh, I mean, to explain how difficult the situation is, if, uh, if there is a patient in need of further uh, treatment, like those uh, uh, who are suffering from cancer, in Gaza, there is no single radiation therapy uh, machine and uh, to uh, cancer patient to be able to go to have uh, this treatment, they have to get permission uh, to uh, get out of Gaza from uh, Israel and also to have financial coverage from Palestinian Authority in Ramallah. And uh, the two things, uh, uh, this two, this two conditions, um, you know, it takes some time and a longer time sometimes. And you know, any delay of a treatment of a patient might cause uh, his or her life. Uh, and so many patients, they, um, you know, they lost their life waiting for a permit or waiting for a financial coverage. Uh, from uh, Minister, yeah. situation is very difficult. It, I know it's very difficult, and just just to just to repeat that so that people understand, if somebody needs the kind of care, for example, uh, for a cancer uh, condition that is not available in Gaza, they can only get it outside of Gaza, so in Israel or somewhere else. And uh, and then you have to have a permit from the Israeli government to leave Gaza, and you have to have you will probably need financial support from the Palestinian Authority, which, as we all know, doesn't have very much money. So it's a really difficult situation. Suhaila, whilst we're talking about such things, I know that each year or you try and, and get some downtime and you go to the states. How are you finding it? Getting your the permission to leave is this something now because you've been around so long that it's easy to get a permit from Israel or how difficult it is, is it for you to come and no, to You know, if you ask me this question two months ago, I would have telling you, even myself, uh, I had difficulty to get a permit outside Gaza. And for a reason I do not know, really. And that my work, the nature of my work needs me to go meet with the with the bishop as a chairperson of the hospital. Fortunately, I raised my case through uh, Palestinian human rights organization in Gaza, and they solved my problem. And now I got a permit to go out of Gaza. For me, uh, for anybody who, have, who is not sick, is there, there is no problem you know, to stay in Gaza or to delay his uh, uh, trouble. But always I am thinking of those patients 
who are unable to get permit to leave Gaza for further treatment. This is, you know, is heartbreaking when you know somebody dying, yeah. waiting for a permit. I know this is, uh, I, I feel it's a silly question in a way and a very difficult question, but I mean, what what is your hope for for the future for for your people for Gaza for the hospital? Do you see things getting better? You know, never I lose hope, and I used to say since there is uh, tomorrow, another tomorrow, there will be changes, and people in Gaza have the right to live in peace uh, and with filled with full dignity. You know, as a Christian, even all our beliefs, beliefs depends upon hope. And this is our role to plant hope in the heart of the people of Gaza. We are a peace lover and we have to continue working for reconciliation and Ahli Arab Hospital is a true example of how to put different faces to work all together, whether they are Muslims, Christian, Christians, or Jews. After all, we are children uh, of uh, Abraham. And uh, our role here is to build bridges between all the children of Abraham. Uh, it is therefore, uh, I am optimistic. I'm optimistic. Uh, though we are uh, suffering from oppression, from wars, and it, it looks like, and Gaza looks like a devastating city, but still, there is big hope that uh, peace will prevail in this area. The children of Abraham, whether they are Jews, Muslim, Christians, will get back together. And it is the future of the area that the children of Abraham reconcile and live all together. Like what my mother used to tell me before 1948, we, they were all neighbors loving one another and uh, living uh, all together. Uh, uh, with their neighbors, Jews and, uh, and Muslims uh, in Gaza and everywhere in Palestine. Suhaila, thank you so much. What a, what a beautiful note to end on. Thank you for listening to this episode of the My Middle East podcast. To find the show notes as well as other episodes in the series, please go to the podcast section of our website, embraceme.org. And please consider taking a few moments to leave a review or to share the podcast link with a friend. Watch this space for upcoming episodes.